and you're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, spinning wheel from Switched on Rock, the Moog Machine. Switched on Rock, the Moog Machine, with a cover of David Clayton Thomas's Spinning Wheel. Today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview with Anthony Fantano. Anthony Fantano, the needle drop, the needle drop.com, the needle drop record reviews. An interview with the needle drop today on the Nardwarty the Human Serviette Radio Show. And to prepare you for the needle drop, the legendary record music blogger, the rawest music internet blogger busiest on the internet gonna play something right now from riot three riot three or riot i i i riot three move to riot from the capital chaos lp out of new zealand here's move to riot by riot three and in an interview with the needle drops anthony on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
are you? Anthony Fantano, the internet's busiest music nerd. Right off the bat, Anthony, I have a gift for you right here. It is something from your home state here, the third unheard Connecticut Connecticut hip hop. Do you have this? Throw right? Is on Stone's throw? Do you have this release? I don't have this release, but I have heard of it online and I have streamed it off of Stone's Throw's website. And um, yeah, there are a couple like vital Connecticut hip hop underground gems on this thing. Which are the ones that you like? Because I also give you the instrumentals. So you can put some instrumentals underneath your reviews. I have heard rapping with Mr. Magic. Doesn't he drop like a couple Connecticut cities in, in that song? I'd love to hear them. <laughs> what Connecticut city should he drop? <laughs> New Haven, Hartford, maybe a little bit of Danbury, some Bridgeport, some Waterbury. Yeah. So you sure you don't have this? You're not this humoring me because you know the record very well, don't you? You know every record. I don't have this. I've just heard a few cuts off of it that I've streamed off of YouTube because I heard about it on Stone's Throw because Stone's Throw, if there was any label there, that they would be the label to have a Connecticut hip hop compilation. <laughs> Anthony, are you the only person that's sampled by ASAP Rocky? <laughs> As uh, I'm not the only person that ASAP Rocky sampled. He sampled my dudes over at Dead End Hip Hop and a bunch of other angry vloggers in that particular spot. But I thought it was pretty funny that when he was talking to Danny Brown, he sampled me, but he didn't know who I was. But you're also sampled by our Stevie Moore. Stevie Moore, and he's he's definitely a, a hero of mine in terms of being prolific and you know work ethic and just being a totally eccentric Santa Claus looking man who is just an A plus personality. But do you think you're the only person that's sampled by ASAP Rocky and our Stevie Moore, Anthony Fantano? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. That's that's actually I'm going to change that to my new name. Just not the Internet's busiest music nerd. Anthony Fantano, the only person that has been sampled by both R. Stevie Moore and ASAP Rocky. You do have some pretty impressive stats. Like you have a record review for people who don't know. You do record reviews. Is that wrong for me to say record reviews? You can say record reviews. You do record reviews. And one of them is of Fleet Foxes that has like 900,000 views. One record review. How the hell did that happen? Was it main paged? Um, it got main paged because uh, I had won a contest through YouTube where it was kind of like this next, you know, up channel contest where people who were fans of a certain channel that was under 50,000 subscribers at the time would vote for a channel to be sort of featured on the front page. And that's I picked the Fleet Foxes album. I picked Danny Brown's Triple X and I picked uh, Andrew Jackson Jihad's new album at the time to uh, be featured on the front page for, for those reviews. Yeah. It's insane, though. 900,000 views for a review. For a review. Hopefully they picked up a few new fans from it. Does anybody post as many videos as you do, like reviews so frequently? Like over 900? Uh, as far as I could tell, no. I mean, there were actually some older videos of mine from 2009. I used to like put song clips inside of the reviews as well. But um, the copyright kind of nipped me in the butt and I needed to delete like well over 100 other videos that I had made throughout 2009. So like all of my 2009 videos are like completely gone, like except for my video where I talked about seeing Sun live. But that's about it. So yeah, it's, uh, it's I mean, at this point, I've definitely done over a 1000 videos. Yeah. Anthony, how are you so well spoken? You're so well spoken. You never go um or anything. How are you so well spoken? I got a lot of that out. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's like, the way that I talk on camera is just the way I would envision myself talking to people if I were in front of like a group of 100 people and I had to do like a book report on an album or something. But you never say, um, it doesn't look like you do many takes. How many takes do you do? What's the secret? I do one take and I sort of have bullet points that I go off of, but there are definitely things that I say that I would like to say less, like, you know, sort of, I feel like, and kind of, those are like my four least favorite things that I say all the time. 
for memorization? Do you memorize a lot of it? Because I heard through Questlove, if you do a song 18 times, you will memorize it. Do you have to rehearse 18 times? <laughs> I don't have to rehearse maybe 18 times since a lot of the times when I'm shooting the review, like I've just finished writing it. So it's kind of fresh in my mind. So it's like the last thing I've been thinking of. So I don't quite have to rehearse so much. Maybe if I were going to perform it live, you know, maybe I would have to. But, you know, it's, it's really more off the fly than anything. What about what for you wear? Was the Foxygen review the only review you did wearing a muscle tee? <laughs> that, it was really, really hot that day. And the apartment that I'm living in right now had, had no air conditioning at the time. So at the time, that, that might have been the only review where I'm wearing a sleeveless T-shirt. Yeah. How do you pick the thumbnails? Um, basically, I try to think of how the album made me feel in general, and then I just make an exaggerated version of that face, and then I will just sort of shoot myself making that face. The review is the face. The review is, is my face. You can tell by your face, the thumbnails, what's going on. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Anthony Fantano, who is the internet's number two busiest music nerd? Oh, geez. Who's number two? I've never deemed anyone number two. Or, or you know, like, if, if they're number two, uh, hmm, I'm trying to, th- who, who would be number two? I don't Who's know. number three? I don't know who number three is. I've, I've, never, I've never thought of it. But, you know, number two, I would assume, is whoever challenged me, uh, you know, of, of that title. And no one's yet to challenge me yet. Has anybody got mad that you're calling yourself that? Um, some people have gotten mad that I call myself a nerd because, uh, just like you have said, I'm, I guess I'm more well-spoken or sort of like not socially inept or sort of like the the nerd stereotype or anything like that. And some people say that because I work out, I'm not a nerd, that I'm a jock in disguise. Well, you're Anthony Fontano here in South by Southwest and you know so much about records. I have another gift for you right here. Some Roland Kirk. (gasps) Oh, Wow. Oh, man. What can you tell the people about Roland Kirk and how it plays into your life story? Definitely one of my favorite horn players. And um, maybe one... I mean, look at that guy. That's amazing. That's, that's true. I, th- I think the first time I heard in college, my professor in a music class, in, in this music class that wasn't going particularly well... Um, for me at least, you know, he, uh, he had said sort of nonchalantly that he just bought a bunch of CDs for, uh, the university's, uh, jazz collection in the library. And, um, so basically I just took some suggestions from him, which was really one of my favorite, one of the best things to come out of the class. And he had bought maybe four to five Roland Kirk albums, uh, for the collection. And, you know, not only was I just sort of, uh, renting a lot of the classics that people know in jazz already, but I think his records are one of the first to really sort of blow my mind in terms of a, like a jazz record, like the inflated tear, for example, like just to hear somebody playing three horns at once and like, playing them well, you know, and, and doing some really interesting things with that. I mean, you know, and then to find out later that a lot of the stuff that he was doing wasn't perceived all that well, you know, wasn't received that he was just sort of being, you know, uh, sort of masturbatory with what he was doing or whatever. But, um, but I found it really interesting and, um, uh, you know, and, and to see, uh, to know that he wasn't like a guy who was in really good health his entire life, but so how he sort of overcame that and, uh, and really sort of became one of the most interesting and uh, virtuous horn players to ever live, you know, was, was really inspiring to me and just to have fantastic music and fantastic records on top of it. Roland Kirk. <laughs> yes. You really help people, don't you, Anthony? You help people understand concepts like Roland Kirk, but you also help bands get deals. 
of yeah, a couple bands have approached me and told me that a certain record label or somebody had heard of them. The Young Fathers. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they recently got signed on to Anticon, and while they haven't told me that directly, somebody who does PR for Anticon, after they sent me like a, a press release, they said, "Hey, Young Fathers, they're going to put out an album on our label," and I said, "Oh, that's great." You know, I, I I said, "Send me a promo, you know, a digital promo, a download whenever you get a chance," and they said, "Oh yeah, no problem. We signed them because of your review, you know, that you did last year." So that was pretty fantastic. Who has thanked you? Like, has Tonetta thanked you? Who is Tonetta and has he thanked you? You've helped him a lot, have you? Tonetta has not, uh, you know, uh, personally thanked me. Maybe that's a relationship I would like to keep, uh, you know, business-oriented or just sort of, you know, very, very kind of separate. I mean, Tonetta is this crazy YouTube personality who, you know, if you look up his videos, there's uh, there, there's some very... Drugs, so, drugs, drugs! Drugs, drugs, drugs. Uh, one of my favorite songs, I Want to Marry a, po- a Prostitute. You know, uh, some really disturbing song content and music video content as well. I mean, maybe, you know, basically like a baby boomer aged male, you know, maybe a little bit older, uh, you know, dancing in very scantily clad outfits and weird masks. You know, um, he actually uh, got even more popular off of that Ray William Johnson shout out that, uh, that he got on youtube a while ago which was basically more for a joke but like i like his outsider music kind of you know persona which i also enjoyed like through our stevie moore or daniel johnston they're not quite as disgustingly eccentric as tonetta but like they have that same you know prolific kind of artistic style where they're always coming out with new stuff even if sometimes it sounds the same or they've said something before but the fact that it's so plentiful and so constant that it, it, it's kind of a a weird attraction your influence is quite amazing, Anthony. I was looking at talkclassical.com. And what did you find there? I was looking at talkclassical.com, and they were talking about your record review of Death Grips. They were? Yes, talkclassical.com. <laughs> what would have talkclassical.com said about my review? Well, they couldn't believe you gave 10 out of 10. Did you realize your 10 out of 10 review would leak all the way to Talk Classical? You turn people in talkclassical.com onto Death Grips. Uh, the, maybe there are some people in the classical community that... Uh, were following my reviews and and that was definitely I guess a bigger review for me because it was the first 10 that I had given to a new record like I had said that records are 10 on Twitter before but maybe more older classic records like up until that point there was a lot of anticipation for oh when's Anthony going to give a 10 to a new record you know and that just sort of happened to be the record that that I felt was was worthy of of such a score you love metal don't you Anthony I do I do like metal and I have another gift for you right here. Some Gorgor. Some Gorgoroth. Oh, nice. When did you get into them? And do you like them really? Um, I do like them really. You know, classic black metal act. When did this record come out? Is this sort of a classic 90s release? Or it's a mid-era one. It's a mid-era one. Okay, yeah. But yeah, Gorgoroth. But actually, they have maintained their, their sort of, you know, roots black metal sound through their newer records. But, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think that, you know, through the internet, which is, you know, maybe sort of for some people an inauthentic way to learn about black metal and, you know, become a fan of black metal. Um, I got into a lot of the Norwegian groups from the 90s after, you know, hearing about some of the uh, really popular American black metal acts like Weakling, for example, or like when Wolves in the Throne Room came out and then all of a sudden, you know, American black metal kind of blew up. Um, It was kind of a way for people to interact with black metal and enjoy it and um, get into it without sort of dealing with the stigma that sometimes comes with the, you know, the true blood, you know, true cult black metal uh, per- attitude that, that sometimes comes with the 
older stuff where it can be kind of insular with with how a lot of the older fans of it you know see um uh people who are from the west kind of getting into it and kind of souring the vibe with it not being as you know as authentic or true um but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I might not exactly be from Norway or any Nordic country and wasn't living through the black metal era, you know, as as people currently perceive to be its golden age. But, you know, I am a black metal enjoyer, if uh, you know, if, if, if you'll allow me to say that. Your reviews get different reactions. I interviewed XXYYXX, and he told me he thought you were a dick at first, but then he realized that's what record reviewing was all about. <laughs> I, I actually heard somebody told me that, that, uh, that, he, that you had asked him about me in your audio interview, and um, I gave it a listen, and that was true. Like, uh, Marcel and I actually. Um, uh, I, I kind of had a conversation with him at, at MTV uh, because he was invited down to kind of do an interview with uh, my alternate ego uh, or my roommate rather. Um, and they, they talked and um, Cal came back to me and he said that Marcel, um, we had a talk, you know, about uh, how you guys used to not get along on Facebook back before he was XXYYXX. He would put beats and instrumentals on my Facebook page and um, ask me to listen to them. And sometimes I wouldn't like some of them. And, and he would take that very personally and he would get kind of mad. And um, one of the last things he said to me before he kind of did this whole XXYYXX thing and got big was that, you know, you'll review my music someday, you know, maybe not quite so crotchety and angrily, but, you know, he said something to that effect. And I might Right. Yeah, I'm actually considering it next time he comes out with a full length. It's good that you made up, or Cal made up, with XXYYXX. For me, he did. Reactions, though. My friend Grant used to be in a rock and roll band, The Smugglers, on Lookout Records. I think you're a big fan of the Lookout Records stable, aren't you? I do know Lookout Records, yeah. And Grant from The Smugglers also used to do record reviews, and he once reviewed a local band in Vancouver called The Ludwigs. And his review consisted of no. No? Just no. <laughs> Just no. Okay. Um, the guy from the Ludwigs read that, which is great, like to read a review, but he wasn't too happy. Have you had reactions to your reviews where you just go, no? Yeah, I've never, I've never just said no. I feel like maybe sometimes I've, I've sort of done that, like on my Limp Biscuit review, um, which wasn't really so much a diss to the band as it was to a lot of the people who, who watch, um, because people were sort of like begging me to review the new Limp Biscuit record and just saying, um, you know, you got to review it, you got to review it, because they know I'm going to review it negatively. They want to see me get angry, or they want to see me just say, this record's crap, or they want me to just say no. So instead, for six minutes, I, I ate food. Um, I just, you know, uh, my girlfriend and I just made a bunch of food and some salad and spaghetti and, uh, I made a shake and, uh, a peanut butter sandwich and, um, maybe some other things had some snacks, some chips and hummus too. And I just did nothing but eat for six minutes on camera. And, um, you know, uh, people thought that was hilarious. It made it up on the Buzzfeed as well. Um, I wasn't so much saying no to the record. I mean, as far as the Limp Biscuit records go, uh, I think they kind of lived up to their sound, you know, no real surprises there. Um, but I, I was kind of saying no to doing you know a review that people were just sort of looking for a negative reaction from on purpose but my friend grant he ran into the guys in the ludwigs who said you said no have you run into i mean you haven't run into limp biscuit but have you run into people they're like uh, no have i run into anybody who i gave a negative review um not yet and not in an angry way at least like you know there hasn't been anybody running up to me like hey you gave me a negative review you know and and i didn't like it um you know i uh 
people might get angry, you know, but so far, so far, uh, the reception has been pretty, or sort of in person anyway, has been pretty mild. You know, people don't tend to be as hostile in person as they tend to be sort of when they're in front of a keyboard. And you are Anthony Fantano from The Needle Drop. And The Needle Drop is what again for the people that are wondering? It's a, it's a blog and vlog and public radio show about just music, just all things music. And Anthony, it's great that you read comments and stuff. A lot of people don't have comments, specifically Pitchfork don't have comments on their record reviews. Why don't Pitchfork have comments on their record reviews? Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I feel like um, if you don't allow comments or if you don't allow commentary on your reviews, that to me, and and I think Pitchfork is kind of uh, uh, maybe a website I would give a pass to because they sort of pre-exist that era of, you know, oh, we should let people comment. You know, back when they started, that wasn't really, you know, an option because, you know, they were just trying to start their own website in the 90s. You know, there wasn't sort of this comment uh, and expectation, you know, I guess. But, um, you know, if, uh, for example, if somebody else was doing YouTube reviews and wouldn't allow people to comment on their videos, I mean, that goes against my philosophy that, you know, uh, that it's all subjective you know it's like while i do have an opinion and i put that on a video that doesn't necessarily mean i'm right i mean i may have put a little more thought into it that somebody who may just sort of turn a record off in the middle of it and just say oh this is crap i'm not going to listen to this anymore but that doesn't mean that other you know perceptions are illegitimate you know so i mean to to reject comments to me is sort of like sending that signal in a sense, you know, to not want to accept commentary because, you know, some of, some of the most helpful comments to me personally have been ones that don't agree with my review. Um, a good friend of mine who I'm staying with this week actually told me something about um, uh, my dislike of some of the lyrics on the last Opeth record, um, which I kind of held issue with the fact that, uh, uh, that the words God is dead were sung, you know, very quietly. And he kind of told me the, uh, the philosophical background and story as to why that would have been, you know, as to where it's a, uh, maybe kind of a snickering to oneself is, is into the fact that that is true or, uh, you know, to that thought. So it kind of um, changed my mind about that. And, and that's, you know, comments that I find interesting, ones that disagree with me, you know, because sometimes that changes my mind entirely into, is, into how I enjoy a record or whether I enjoy a record. Has Pitchfork ever approached you at all, Anthony? Um, not in sort of like a professional way to ask me to come work for them or anything um there was one time where ryan schreiber sent me like a twitter direct message saying that he thinks i'm doing a good job and um there was kind of a funny run-in i had with one of their metal writers uh grayson curran like back when the needle drop was just getting started and i was doing videos and um he said something on twitter like the needle drop makes me want to quit you know like writing about music (laughs) and um i made a funny video about that and uh uh, I remember, uh, you know, it didn't really go much further than that. And um, maybe just a year or so later, I was at South by Southwest with a friend of mine who watches the show. And she had made a bet with me that um, when we were in Whole Foods finding food, that someone would recognize me. And that I, I took her on that bet and I said that nobody would recognize me. And it just so happened that leaving to get food from Whole Foods, Grayson Curran was there who said something about the show. And... Not only did I not recognize him, he was staring at me from like five, uh, 
five or so uh, cash registers away. But as I was checking out, I just thought he was some guy. And then he came over and he introduced himself and he hugged me. And then, uh, you know, he said, hey, I'm Grayson Curran. I said, the guy who hates the needle drop? And then he said, oh, you know, it's not that serious. I didn't mean anything by it. And then, um, you know, so I owed her $5 after that. But yeah, that's like pretty much all the personal run-ins I've had with Pitchfork. Anthony Fontano from The Needle Drop. The business of The Needle Drop. HP sends you laptops to give away. Who sends you stuff? HP. HP approached me to just do a laptop giveaway for the people who watch. And um, yeah, I mean, that was it. You know, it's, I just thought it would be a fun thing to give away to the people who, who watch the show. And I did a funny song contest. And HP watches the show. Yeah, they watch the show. Who sent you shirts to wear? Who sent you shirts? Um, who sent me shirts? I must have gotten some shirts. I mean, this shirt comes from my friend in Connecticut, but he, I bought it from him. So, um, you know, jeez. Uh, Mostly your own collection. Mostly my own collection, you know, really. I like, I like obscure sort of like weird T-shirts that have strange, you know, esoteric <laughs> prints on them or, you know, designs or whatever. But actually, this guy from Germany sent me a few shirts this one time. And one of them is the, um, uh, the crucifixion of St. Peter in a pencil drawing uh, that he had sent to me, which is sort of like the heaviest, most disturbing fucking shirt I own. And um, I don't like to wear it a lot because I don't want to wash it too much and just sort of like wear it out. Like it is just like an amazing T-shirt that he designed himself and printed himself and, and sent to me because he's a fan of the show. Family fodder, the Modettes. What? Go on, where is this going? Post-punk. Post-punk, okay. And I have some post-punk gifts for you. Well, one, namely, the Bush Tetras. Nice. You can tell people about your post-punking Bush Tetra love. Um, Bush Tetras are one of many female-fronted post-punk acts that I put together on a uh, uh, compilation for NPR Music. They were streaming the, uh, uh, the whole thing online, and... Um, Occasionally, I will write for NPR music and sort of come together with a uh, a stream idea for like a for a playlist or something, and um, to sort of uh, honor the passing uh, of a, of a member of the Slits that had happened recently, which is actually one of my favorite female fronted, you know, or female member, you know, post punk bands. Uh, Cut is actually one of my favorite records ever. Um, I came together with a playlist of of. Uh, female post-punk bands, and uh, and they were actually one of the one of the groups that I put on the uh, on the playlist. Anthony, your family. What about him? Yeah. Your family is your brother an exterminator? My brother is an exterminator by trade, or actually might not be at at, at this point. He might actually be working like retail, but for a while he was an exterminator and, and quite knowledgeable. And your mom is like half Canadian, three quarters Canadian, French Canadian. Where's she from? Uh, my mom, I believe, is completely French Canadian, and my dad is is half. And um, and uh, I believe they're from. Uh, I believe uh, they're originally from the Montreal area, from the French area. And uh, so so yeah yeah. Anthony Fontano, I have a quote here for you. Anthony Fontano, a 17-year-old Wolcott High student, discovered politics the old-fashioned way, listening to music at a friend's house. There he learned about Jello Biafra of... The Dead Kennedys. He's pretty much my political idol. <laughs> Fontano, who has an eye-popping mohawk, took part in a massive anti-war march in Manhattan. Yep, that was at age 17. And this is from Newsweek 2003. Yeah. Jello is your idol. Jello is a guy in high school who I looked up to quite a bit. And um, 
I, I recently reviewed uh, my favorite Dead Kennedys records for for a classic week. My favorite Dead Kennedys record, Plastic Surgery Disasters. And I have that for you right now. Here is a gift from your idol, Dead Kennedys, De- Jello Biafra autograph. Signed? And what does it say there? It says, to Anthony, don't give up. That's, uh, that's actually quite the honor. Because um, when I got into... Uh, the dead Kennedys that brought me to alternative tentacles records and that actually turned me on to the evaporators. Um, because at the time I think they were just starting to do MP3 downloads on their site and let people stream some songs. And then I think I had heard like, I don't need my friends to tell me who my friends are. And like, uh, uh, I'm addicted to cheese. And, um, uh, that was one of the records that I had bought from their, from their site. And then I got introduced to you, which at the time I didn't really know about your, interviewer you know persona or your interviewer career what you were doing as an interviewer i knew you more through music so i mean uh for, but jello you know still like at the time him and like you know most definitely him and a lot of other punk bands sort of introduced me to the idea that music could be political and could say something interesting and it didn't just have to be about love or lust or just a general sense of anger like you could make some really cutting edge and very memorable and sometimes hilarious social commentary with it too and you had a mohawk and you were interviewed in newsweek as well this is pretty cool you got the dead kennedy's jello mentioned in newsweek <laughs> yes at the time yeah and it was an interesting article because continue on quote his father supports bush and says his son needs a full understanding of the problems and you don't have a full understanding of much if you're 17 <laughs> my dad him and i actually talked about that article recently because some people on the internet had found it and sort of like painted this funny picture of like us not getting along because we don't see eye to eye politically like at the time and most definitely now my father's like pretty apolitical at the time he supported the war because he was angered of you know just 9-11 like a lot of people were which is understandable um but, uh, you know, generally he doesn't trust politicians. Uh, I feel much of the same way. And, uh, you know, I mean, we bet we definitely get along now. <laughs> and um, so thank you, Derek Youngquest. Yes. Is yes. Derek Youngquest the guy that eventually led to like, Jello get an autograph for you? Yes. Thank you, Derek. Like, I'm going to show him this, like, when I, when I get back. Yes. He turned you on to the Dead Kennedys. Yes, he did. He turned me on to the Dead Kennedys, uh, going over to his house where, you know, he, his family or just his father has sort of this longstanding passion for vinyl, which, you know, sort of, uh, blossomed in him. And, um, and I remember one day, you know, back in high school, we all had these CD booklets or whatever. And I just showed him what I was listening to. And he said, don't you listen to anything like since before 2000 and um then he turned me on to punk music with a few burned cds and i would go over his house and we would listen to records and i think um you know he just showed me a bunch of dead kennedy songs like from uh, from this album from uh, in god we trust incorporated i think uh, one of the funnier tracks that i liked was mtv get off the air um that he were, that he showed me off of frank and christ and um then it was just like all punk music from there on out like throughout high school throughout the rest of high school anthony connecticut punk what about punkastra are you down for punkastra do you have a song called connecticut fun not that i not that i know of or how about 76 percent uncertain yes i know of them and uh, youth of today i hate the radio that's a hilarious song you love greg anderson and sun O, don't you sun is definitely a band along with earth that changed the way that i think about sound in general you know it's not really just about songs or just sort of like 
rocking and having a catchy chorus. It's sometimes it's you know more about having a sound that nobody else has or making a specific kind of sound. Do you know Greg's earlier career that he has out there? Like, did you dig it all deep into Greg's earlier career? Like when he was in the band Amenity. Not that I know. I've never heard this. Because he was in some straight-edge bands, like Amenity and Brotherhood, that sort of thing. Did you know about the early career of Greg of Sunno? Do you go deep into an artist's history when you get into them? Um, I haven't had the time recently. I remember, like, back when I was in college, I had more, like, time to do that, like when I got really obsessed with Tom Waits for a while. But, um, no, I had no clue that Greg was in an edge band. Is he still edge? <laughs> I guess you would know. <laughs> no. I've seen him more than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, I, I don't think he, he might not be anymore, but this is interesting. This is actually incredible. Um, wow. Anthony, you can retire now. I can? Yes, you can retire now. You interviewed Mick Jagger. Yes, I did talk with Mick Jagger. What's so cool about that is when you interviewed Mick Jagger, you gave Mick Jagger a future Island 7-inch. I did give him a future Island 7-inch and a Black Lips record. And, um, you gave him the Black Lips, too? Yeah, I gave him uh, the Black Lips record, Arabia Mountain. I gave him a copy of that. Now, did the Black Lips or the Future Islands ever thank you for giving Mick Jagger their records? Actually, the dude, one of the dudes from Black Lips, one of the guitar players, I'm pretty sure, sent me a message on Facebook thanking me for passing him their record. Where do you shop? You ever been to the good old Brass City? I've been to Brass City Records a couple times, yeah. Um, I've been there. I've been to Replay Records in Hamden. I've been to Red Scroll Records. I was to Cutler's when it was still open, and there was actually a record store that was more kind of essential to my tastes uh in waterbury actually like just 10 minutes from where i used to live called phoenix records which is like now closed their waterbury location but yeah i've been to brass city quite a bit indirectly tesla bought you a pretzel um i did have a pretzel for free at a uh, uh at a tesla show which was, which was like my first concert like when I was, uh, I don't even think I was 13 yet. It was like with this dude that my dad worked with and he just said, do you want to go to this rock concert? My friend has this extra ticket. And he knew that I was into music, like I was getting into music, but I wasn't like into 80s rock or like hair metal or anything like that. So, you know, uh, so it wasn't like specific to anything that I was listening to at the time. But uh, but yeah, I did get a pretzel at a, uh, at a Tesla concert with my dad's friend from work. Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada represents with some rock and roll bands. They do. One of the bands that I know you enjoy, and I have another gift for you, is right here, Cub, from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, song My Chinchilla. Yes, yes. That is a cute song, which also ended up on that on that post-punk uh, compilation, yeah, or the, the playlist, yeah. So Vancouver has Cub. They were like a 90s-era rock and roll band, but also in the 90s in Vancouver, we had a special guy living there, Mr. John Baldry? Long John Baldry. Don't you like Long John Baldry? I don't know. Do I? <laughs> yes, you love Long John Baldry. <laughs> tell me. Tell Long John Baldry, originally from England. He taught Rod Stewart everything he knows. He's a legendary blues man. He moved to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. He's been living there, and I just thought you might enjoy some Long John Baldry. According to you, yeah, I will. Thank you very much, Anthony. Fantano. But also thank you, George Goodrich. Yes, thank you, George Goodrich, for you know, kind of helping me uh, get started in, in radio and doing the needle drop in general. Yeah. How did he help? Um, at the radio station where I still work part-time, uh, WNPR, um, around the time that I was starting, 
uh, we were doing a lot of repeating, uh, repeating programs because we just went from all classical. And so I did a demo for like a music show and, and he helped me, uh, you know, sort of muster the, the balls to bring it to the general manager and be like, this is my music show. Let's, let's do this. And he actually ended up liking it and helped me kind of, you know, form how the demo of the show would sound. And, uh, because of that, uh, the needle drop started as a radio show. And if it didn't start as a radio show, it never would have been a YouTube channel or anything that it is now. Anthony, what bad happened in your class of journalism, something bad happened in your class of journalism. Yes, I, I had a, a quite a few journalism classes in college where I minored uh, at it uh, at SCSU, and I was concentrating mostly in radio. So I figured uh, just for fun, and because it was with a professor that I liked and still have contact with, uh, Jerry Dunkley, um, I would do a TV TV news class, and um, yeah, like uh, a lot of my. TV pieces did not go over well, and I just didn't like seeing myself on camera or, uh, you know, sort of dealing with the awkwardness of of being on camera. And uh, one of my pieces, which I did, uh, I think, on, like, vegetarianism or something, uh, I did this really awful, like, ending shot where I was walking toward the camera and sort of like Frankenstein style in this really robotic way, which caused the entire class to, like, erupt in laughter. And, um, yeah, after that, I swear I would never touch a camera again. And now YouTube is paying you to do the exact same thing. Yes, now YouTube, I'm touching a camera every day. It was awesome, though. You had WSIN, SINFEST, WSIN. What great call letters. Yes, WSIN uh, is the call letters of the radio station where I was the general manager for a few years i actually remember when i first started going there there were like members of the on-campus like christian club coalition like scoffing at the radio station it was like one of my first days there and like you know we were just like coming out from a meeting about how great the radio station is and how we're going to make things better this year and then people were walking by and scoffing and then we sort of thought about whether or not our call letters are alienating and now they're probably even more so now that i think outside the station we we still have a working neon sign that glows in bright red this is w-s-i-n <laughs> How about the Inner Space Labs? You recorded there. What's that like, the Inner Space Labs? Um, I recorded there with a friend of mine, Richard, who I was in a duo with where I was playing bass and he was playing drums. And uh, uh, he now lives in Portugal. He moved over there. And that's kind of like what ended the project and kind of made me concentrate on the needle drop more to just sort of do that as a full-time thing. Because at the time I wasn't, you know, making a living doing it. And I figured that I didn't want to work at a pizza place for the rest of my life. So I'm just going to sort of work harder on doing this and sort of getting by doing the needle drop. So yeah, I mean, uh, Inner Space Labs was an interesting studio sort of in the backwoods and all sorts of strange, uh, you know, old instruments hanging around, though we didn't really use any of them to, uh, uh, at the time when we were trying to record something, it was the only place where we could record our tracks at the same time. Like we would sort of be doing uh, something where we're recording live to tape or just sort of recording live to digital, which in a lot of places, my drummer had to be recording at a different place. And then I would have to play over that. And we just weren't like, you know, into that idea. We wanted to kind of do it live. And that was the only place in the area that we knew of at the time that would allow us to for, you know, what we could afford. Anthony, winding up here, winding up with Anthony... Fantano. From the needle drop. What's the connection between Coven, the movie, and your good friend Cal? Uh, Coven, the movie, uh, was produced by uh, someone who's in a film that I love uh, called American Movie, um, which is kind of where I got the accent that, that Cal, or where Cal must have gotten. Who is Cal for the people that don't know? Cal is uh, my roommate who appears in numerous videos. And um, he was, uh, 
you know, basically kind of modeled after a lot of the accents that I was hearing in that movie, which is kind of a great documentary film, sort of funny, very personal, kind of about the whole process of making a movie. And um, it's good that you bring that up because a lot of people think Cal's from Canada and that's, that's just not the case. You know, I don't know where he's from personally, but I, I'm pretty sure that's where his accent is, is, is from. So he must be from that area, the Wisconsin area. Anthony Fontano, lastly here, you're from The Needle. Drop. So I thought I should give you, lastly, a record you were missing, I think. What is this again? This is the Evaporator Records Ripple Rock. Is the, is the, uh, the Dublin 7-inch in here? <laughs> it is indeed. You know everything. The it Dublin 7-inch is. is inside. The Dublin 7-inch is inside. Yes, I used to have this record. This was one of my favorite records in high school. I think I gave it up in college and sold it because there was a time when I thought I was too serious for, for this record. But later into my 20s, you know, going to be 30 in a few years, I, I realized that, you know, music isn't all serious and uh, that, you know, you need some hilarity and uh, some energy as well you know, to pass the time, man, I'm looking forward to listening to, I feel like a fat frustrated fuck. Like I, I actually miss that song. And, um, and still, I don't need my friends to tell me who my friends are. I think that was like me and my friend, Karen, like that was one of our favorite songs, like for, for a while, just because of like the message of it. And you guys played that on Fox, didn't you? Like I remember catching a YouTube video of that. And that was, that was one of my favorite YouTube videos for a while. Well, thanks so much for digging it. It was all possible because of Jello Biafra. <laughs> It was, yes. One of the catalysts. Well, thanks so much, Anthony. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Thanks for watching. Forever. Why should people care about the needle drop? Because um, I'm a music obsessive, and I'm trying to give the best opinions that I can. Trying to be honest. Just trying to be real. Just trying to do what I do. Rawest music blogger. Well, thanks so much, Anthony. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 loot do do do. Some people say Connecticut can't rock But I'm here to make you all hip and out It's not about the freak, it's not about the rock It's a brand new dance, we call the punk rock It's kind of like the dog and it's kind of like the trick Come on everybody, let me see about it work But the first of all, I'd like to let you all know That I'm here to bust you out the stereo Watch the name of the MC and check it out It's one of the baddest, without a doubt I said I go by the name of the double M Mr. Magic, I tell you once again oh, When I get down, the MC, check me out Cause they know I'm the funky MC show shot Let's rock, let's rock Brother walking down the street with your box in your hand Or you sitting in your house, checking out this jam Well you might be at the disco throwing down so hard Or you might be cruising and riding in your car This is a rap of New Haven, funky MC crew Get a brush out on turntables, one and two One time, shock the house Two times, shock the house I said the women like me Put my sex in my name's Mr. Magic And I must confess When I kiss the lips I feel the chest They say Mr. Magic You are better than the rest Well you know my name It ain't about females Get ready so I can brush you all out Females, shock the house Right guys, shock the house 
Everybody shut the house. I'm the L-O-V-E, the V-O-Y, the boy is bad. You can't deny. I said I float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I'm not talking about just what your eyes can see. Like a ricochet rapping in the Duke along. I'm Mr. Magic here on the microphone. Young ladies are light, young ladies are law. I'm Mr. Magic and I summon you to the floor. You rockin' to the rhythm and you rock to the sound that this MC here is putting down. I said, I come on girls, you know what to do. Keep rockin' to the rhythm like I tell you to. Now throw your hands in the air. And rock back to the beat like you just don't care Now if you feel I make a little noise on the kind of two Say magic in the crew One, two, magic in the crew Like a Charlie Brown who's got a hit Fly guys, let me hear you say Oh slick, oh slick I said that me and the devil had a fight Well I hit him in the head with a loop and right By the look in his eyes I could see what surprise I knew he couldn't take a much more So I said to myself, just how much more Get his mother sucking devil DJ and door Let's rock, let's rock Let's rock to the rhythm, I just don't stop Now everybody, when I say don't stop I wanna hear you all say the rock, rock, rock Don't stop, the rock, rock, rock Don't stop, the rock, rock, rock Like a Jimmy Carter with his big white teeth Like a little Pete who lost the sheep Like Isaac Hayes, he simply was amazed When I rocked the mic and put him in the face Like a Frankie Crockett show, don't you know we're on Like my main main judge who rock you on and on Like Bernard Dwight, for you late tonight I'm gonna rock and freak you all out tonight Well as we travel all through the state getting down And I must start off with my own hometown with New Haven, y'all. But I first got my chance when I rock the mic and put you in the trash. You go dip, dip, dive, so socialized. You rockin' with the batters and see you live. Go on and on and on and on. Grubbed it like a hot butt on what? Like a ginger rogers in a Fred Astaire. New Haven, let me hear you say, oh yeah, oh yeah. Go ooh, 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 ooh. Hear me say the name of a town Just let me know you're there by saying I would down, Stanford We're down Norwalk We're down Bridgeport We're down New Haven We're down And Sonia We're down Waterbury We're down Meriden We're down Middletown We're down Hartford We're down You know, I went on. I went further up north, past Heartbridge, you know, well, I bust them out. And stereo, I said in Windsor, Connecticut, I made a stop too. Well, I made everybody do the book of Lou. I said out of Connecticut, in Springfield, well, I shot the ladies. And gave them a 30 cent, Mr. Man, you were doing the real deal. By the time I hit Boston, the punk rock was on. Well, I rocked everybody to the break of dawn. Well, I rocked them good. I rocked them the best. I rocked them with style, and I rocked West Vanessa. I went into New York City, where the women are so pretty. We're rocking on the microphone. New York, check me out, because I'm hot I'm Connecticut's number one MC Drop, so you other MCs better watch the step I'm from Connecticut, and I'm the best Just said the word was out I was coming to town, I was coming to the garden To get down, it was the biggest job That I ever had, let me tell you that this MC Was mighty glad, cause it never before Not even in my water stream, I never could've Even thought that I'd extreme, that I'm on this date And don't be late, I be rocking The whole damn New York State, that me And Madison Garden, that far, let me tell you I was really ready to perform, but they 
came from the Bronx, Brooklyn, and Manhattan. They came from Harlem, too. They came by plane, boat, and car. They even came by the 022. They came from New Jersey, Philly, and D.C. They all wanted to take a look at me. They came from North, South Carolina, Florida, Chicago, and Long Island. They came from Atlanta, L.A., and Hollywood. Let me tell you that it had to be mighty good. It was a day and time New York will never forget. When I rocked them on the mic from North to Mr. Step, I said the M-R-M-A-G. Then you add a little I, then you add a little C. Now clap your hands. Stop speaking. Clap your hands, stop your feet Everybody get that now to the disco beat Now for all the people who are plotted all around If I say city, stay in the town, I'll say you're down Boston, we're down Springfield, we're down Connecticut, we're down New York, we're down Brooklyn, we're down Harlem, we're down Bronx, we're down Manhattan, we're down Long Island, we're down New Jersey, we're down Billy, we're down. DC, we're down. North Carolina, we're down. South Carolina, we're down. Atlanta, we're down. Chicago, we're down. LA, we're down. Hollywood, we're down. When Don Cornelius called me up to be on a show, well I packed my bags and I was ready to go. I that 747 out of the sky. I jumped in the driver's seat and I started to fly. Now here I am on the Soul Train show. Everybody was waiting for me to go. I started out by saying, once upon a time, a very long time ago. There were two sisters named Stella and Buster, but they didn't have a stereo. So they made up a dance, everybody called the brother Butt Boogie. She said, hey, everybody better look out, cause I'm Buster and I'll sock it to ya. So moving right along, back up my time, back in the 1980s. Now everybody know the punk rock song, cause I'm on Soul Train. Singing my song for all the people in the Soul Train line. I want you all to collude and shake it behind. So right after I finished singing my song, that came out and sing, and that was really right on. So we talked for a while, but it's in the show. He said these words before I go. He said peace and love to all of you. Then I jumped on the mic and said bye to you. Just because I didn't name the town, don't think that it means you can't get it down. It's just that it's the end of the song, and I really must be. I'm moving on. I saw 40 old go, it's time to go. You've been checking out the short side MC show to the beat, uh, to the beat, uh, to the beat, 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 beat,
and you're still listening to the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard right there on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, rapping with Mr. Magic by Mr. Magic. And before that, an interview with Anthony Fantano from The Needle Drop. Right now, on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, gonna play something that was given to me by Personal Injury Records. Thank you, Katie! Right now, I'm gonna play, I love the word right, because it is very right to say R. Stevie Moore. Gonna play some R. Stevie Moore right now. Oh, Pat, R. Stevie Moore, who sampled Anthony Fantano of The Needle Drop. And speaking of sampling, after that, going to play something by The Mojo Men from the San Francisco Roots CD, circa 1966. Going to play She's My Baby, which was actually sampled by Kanye West for Hell of a Life. And also, since we're on that LP, San Francisco Roots, going to play something by The Night Riders, I. So right now, here's R. Stevie Moore with Opat, then The Mojo Men with She's My Baby, as sampled by Kanye West for Hell of a Life. Yes, he sampled The Mojo Men. Amazing. And then also, from the same record that The Mojo Men are on, that at least I have, San Francisco Roots, we're going to hear The Night Riders with I. On the Nardwar, The Human, Serviette Radio Show. Here is... Are Stevie Moore with O Pat Pat, I love you too much. Pat, you're losing your touch. I don't understand why you do have a phone 
you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, the Night Riders with I. And before that, as sampled by Kanye West, the, is that a selling point? The Mojo Man with She's My Baby. Kanye sampled that for hell of a life. And before that, a double shot, because I said we'd just play one, but you can't just play one, you got to play two, of our Stevie Moore. We heard O-Pat and Apropos Joe. Coming up right now on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, going to play something that features Russell Kwan, who was on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show a couple weeks ago. Going to play his band, the Dukes of Hamburg, with Mademoiselle Ninette on the Nardwar the Human Serviette Radio Show. Thank you. 
Yeah, no.
and you're still listening to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. You just heard right there, the Cormans with Eaton Ain't Cheatin'. Not really a Steel Panther song, although there are some comparisons possibly. Eaton Ain't Cheatin', the Cormans. Johnny Cat Records out of Portland, Oregon. Thank you so much, Johnny Cat, for that release and all the great releases. And actually, speaking of Portland, Oregon, thank you, the Pity Fucks, who we played before there on the Nardwarta Human Serviette radio show with Hong Kong, Mississippi. So, the Cormans with Eaton Ain't Cheatin' on Johnny Cat Records. And before that, the Pity Fucks with Hong Kong, Mississippi, the Pity, Fu- the Pity Fucks from Portland, Oregon. And before that, from the Netherlands, Moses and the Firstborn with What's Wrong Mama. Thank you, Moses, for that LP. Really appreciate it. Moses and the Firstborn, we heard, with What's Wrong Mama. And before that, we heard from Seattle, Washington, the Lindsays with Top 40 on Off the Books Records. And thank you, Off the Books Records, CJ. And also thank you, The Lindsays, for that record. The Lindsays with Top 40. And to begin, we heard The Dukes of Hamburg with Mademoiselle Ninette on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Right now, going to end with something by The Screwed from Toronto, Ontario, featuring members of... The Wives, the Demics, the Viletones, the Sinisters, the Battered Wives, as I mentioned. I think maybe I mentioned the Battered Wives. But the Battered Wives, the Demics, the Viletones, the Sinisters, they all come together to form this fabulous new group, the Screwed. And we're going to hear their cover of Nothing, originally by the Ugly Ducklings, also from Toronto, Ontario, in 1966. Now, the Screwed are made up of members of all those different bands, as I mentioned, the Battered Wives, the Demics, the Viletones, the Sinisters. This is brand new from the Screwed. They're not made up of members of Arson because I have something from Arson to play. Arson also are a legendary punk band from Toronto, Ontario, known for Coho, Coho, one of their great many tunes. And Marcel, thank you, Marcel, sent me their brand new CD. So we're going to hear something by Arson, Young, Dumb, Having Too Much Fun. So nothing by The Screwed, then Young, Dumb, Having Too Much Fun by arson and we're going to end the nardward human serviette radio show with leonard penifold from the money scare cd thank you steve for passing this on to me we are going to hear lonely meat pie man from vancouver british columbia canada leonard penifold with money scar the money scar cd we're going to hear lonely meat pie man thank you steve for that and again as i mentioned thank you to screwed for your cd and thank you arson for your cd too so here's the screwed with nothing and then arson brand new from arson this is the screwed is brand new with young dumb and having too much fun and then leonard penifold with lonely meat pie man on the nardwar the human Serviette Radio Show. Well, 
bigger than life Love the taste, love the girls, love the wild Got to the point where he couldn't function Jumped on that train and got his ticket punched Young, dumb and having too much fun You never think about the consequences Young, dumb, life's a loaded gun You get so high, you lose your senses Now young Spikey held the bottom down Played like a mother with the heat of sound Somehow, somewhere, he lost his way The memory burns like it was yesterday Young, dumb, having too much fun You never think about the consequences Young, dumb, life's a loaded gun You get so high, you lose your senses The scene was something that could never die Played hard and the parties were endless We never saw the end of the night Young gentlemen having too much fun You never think about consequences Young dumb life's a loaded gun You get so high you lose your senses Young, dumb, having too much fun You never think about consequences Young, dumb, life's a loaded gun You get so high, you lose your senses You can't go home again The pain, it never ends Just too many friends him this time call him over this time waiting for his drink to shine lonely meat pie man lonely meat pie man he sits when he stands he sits when he stands yeah lonely meat pie man steak and kidney stay Television sawdust in his vein Lonely meat pie man He's soggy from the rain They might see him again As a lover or some kind of friend 
He's soggy from the rain Lonely meat pie man Lonely meat pie man He sits when he stands He sits when he stands yeah. Lonely meat pie man A meat pie man wants to come over to your table. He wants you to hold his pastry hands. He sits when he stands. He sits when he stands. Yeah. Lonely meat pie man. Lonely meat pie man. He sits when he stands. He sits when he stands. Yeah. Lonely meat pie man. His morning stout, his breakfast out. He wants to come over to your table. He wants you to hold his pastry hands. He sits when he stands, he sits when he stands, yeah. Lonely meat pie man. Gravy tears inside. Mashed potato clouds across his mind Lonely meat pie man Waiting for his drink to shine They might see him this time Call him over this time Waiting for his drink to shine Lonely meat pie man Lonely meat pie man